Hey, my beautiful angel, it's Josie Grouse. Welcome to Soul Awakening Channel. Today, we are going to talk about your secret superpower, the power of your soul. You know that you have a mind, you have a body, but you also know that you are a spiritual being having a physical experience, at least at some point in your life. You have experienced the unlimited, something that was beyond space and time, something that wasn't just all mortal, beyond flesh, beyond limitations. You have experienced at least sometime your own superpowers, the power of the soul. Now, the soul in you is not something visible, okay? You cannot point at your soul and say, okay, here's the soul. In the same way, probably you cannot point at your mind, right? Is this your brain? Is this your nervous system? The answer is everything, right? Your mind is everything. Your body is everything. Your soul also is everything. So my domain, the area that I love to explore, the area that I have been so blessed to, to awaken within me and also see Lots and lots of people awakening to their true soul power. Let me tell you this. Awakening to your soul is going to be the day your life changes. Because you're not going to live just by the physical laws. You are not going to follow limited patterns of thinking. You truly become limitless. You become driven by your soul power. So what is the soul? Now, there are many spiritual definitions of the soul. We're not going to get into them. But we want to refer to the soul as the spiritual essence of you, right? Without the soul, there is no experience. There's no body. There is no mind. So we can assume that the soul rules this system that we call us the body, the mind. Now, the soul is the field of information. Every cell in your body has a soul. Every cell in your body has information. Communication system. How does this communication system work? Now, in the body, we understand, right? We have nervous system. We have hormones. We have all these different elements communicating the system of communication between cells and organs. On the level of the soul, Think about it, right? We can communicate with the entire universe. How? What makes us connected? What makes you connected to your children? When you feel your children, when you feel what's going on with people you love, intuitive feelings. Now, how is this that you can connect to everyone in the whole universe through the power of your soul? This soul in you, it's your, it's your true superpower. And you rarely, if ever, call upon your soul. We can do all mindfulness, mindful meditations. You can sit in Zen 24 hours a day, quieting the mind, but never engage with your soul. At the end of the day, your body goes to sleep. Ta-da! Your mind goodbye, at least for six to eight hours out of here, 
Now your body is asleep, your mind is quiet, but your soul, what happens when you're still alive, right? If you wake up in the morning, what keeps you going? What is that system that is keeping everything, you know, keeps everything going, organizing intelligence? Well, that is your soul. A few years ago, it was 2019, my life completely changed. Because for the first time in my life, I have experienced, I have witnessed a miracle. It wasn't something that I asked for. It wasn't something that I was seeking, but I witnessed something that profoundly changed me. October, 2019, we organized trips to Peru as a spiritual group. It's called Trips to Heal. We go to Peru with a group of um, enthusiasts, people who are interested in spiritual development to practice connecting with nature, shamanic healing, so a lot of that. Somehow in this particular group, October 2019, somebody joined the group, one of the students, and he was following me on YouTube for a number of years, but physically he was not well. Imagine this seed from life, Cusco, Peru, highest of altitudes. Here, this man arrives in a wheelchair with multiple health problems, including heart problems, lung problems. And he's also, he's out of breath. He's also very, very weak. Mind you, our trip is a walking trip. There are no sidewalks, there are no lifts, there are no special arrangements for people who need this extra step of care. It's all roads, stones. You have to be able to walk. This man arrives to join our group in the condition that is almost critical. Now I'm a health professional, so I can already picture the next few days and he's out of breath. He is distressed and he's just not well. We end up bringing him to the hotel. He has a room on the ground floor. Within a day, he uses up the entire supply of oxygen in the hotel. And we are now worried a little bit about what is going to happen to him. We don't know, but his condition gets worse and worse progressively. Now, I sat down with him and I asked, I'll call him Peter, just for the sake of this conversation. That's not his name, his real name. And I asked Peter, why are you here? Why are you here? You are not well. And not there's no doctor, there's no nurse out there in Canada who could have said, go ahead, you know, travel to Peru on three airplanes in a place where there was no medical care, in a place where there was very limited mobility, go ahead, travel that way. Why did you come here? What were you thinking? We also have the whole group waiting, right? We have a full group, but we are kind of now all of the energy and attention is directed towards this one gentleman. And he said, Josie, my soul told me to come here. It was my last chance to survive. And he wanted to meet the shamans. 
His soul, his soul told him to go to Peru to meet the shaman because his soul knew that only a shaman can bring his life back. So the day passes. Next morning, he's not well. Things getting progressively worse. Now we have a doctor coming to assess him and instantly you can see a written message on his face, on the doctor's face. You gotta have to take him back, back home to Canada. He cannot stay here. But at this point, we cannot even put him on an airplane because he is in critical condition. He cannot just be sort of sent out, sent up back to Canada. We, we, we couldn't do it. So he gets progressively worse worse and worse throughout the day. And at this point, we just pray. He's out of breath, he's immobile, he's lying on his bed. And around five o'clock, out of the blue, our shaman appears. Our shaman appears. The shaman who doesn't have a cell phone, <laughs> walks around in like rubber boots, appears out of nowhere. And he's like, I just wanted to check up on you. And how are you doing? And we are like, Mariano, we have a problem. We have a big problem. We have somebody here who is not well, wondering if you could help, if you could do a healing session or something. So Mariano walks into the room, notices Peter on the bed, breathing heavily, and you could see on someone's face, something is wrong. And Mariano gets like a little shocked. He comes and he puts his hands on Peter and then he turns around and walks away. And we are kind of following him. Hey, Mariano, where are you going? <laughs> where are you going? Can you maybe help us here? And Mariano just turns around and says, I will be back. I have to bring help. I have to bring somebody else with me. And then he turns around again and he says, his soul is leaving his body. That's it. The soul is set on the way out. The soul is going. I have to bring the soul back. Uh, okay. Oh, that's so nice to hear. So the soul is leaving. We're just waiting. We don't know what's happening within the next five minutes. Is this person going to collapse? Stop breathing? We don't know. Shamans are not here. So within an hour, he comes back. He brings another shaman and two women. So, and they all begin, you know, he lays out all of his um, ceremonial stuff on the floor in the little tiny room. Now there's a translator, us, me and my partner. Then there is... Um, Peter, and the four shamans, we're all here in the same room. So they begin to chant and they call upon, they're just, they're out there. They're making sound, you know, so loud, almost like they're calling upon something, someone out there. There is, there is some kind of a demand that's happening they're just calling and calling and calling and it's almost like a forceful thing they're just trying to get someone's attention <laughs> with their chance 
and we're just there. An hour passes nonstop. They're doing the chanting. It's so hot in that room. The smell and everything else. It's like it makes you nauseous, make you just pass out of the intensity and everything else. And we're there. We're with him. We're sending good energy as much as possible. So around 930, they finally finished the ceremony. And then Mariano picks up all of the offerings, all of the stuff that they were building sort of, you know, in the ceremony, you create an offering, right? By adding different items and asking, asking, asking. So he collects all of that, um, all of the, all of these items. And he wraps them in the bag and he says, I have to take this to the sacred mountain. And I have to take the taxi. So we will go and you stay. Do not leave his sight. Do not leave his sight. Okay, so shaman's leave. It will take them probably about at least an hour to get to the mountain, leave an offering, and then come back. And we're there, we're in this room. And we know that some kind of like his soul was supposed to come back. At least that was the message that I thought that they were trying to do to get his soul to come back. Okay, look, I have witnessed in this line of work, I traveled the world, I've been with different healers, attended many events. I've witnessed soul retrieval, none of that. None of those experiences were even close to what was happening in that room. So around maybe within about 45 minutes, we finally, his breathing normalized. He could breathe. He got quiet and everything just settled down. We were sitting in the darkness. It was the translator, two of us, and Peter. It was quiet. Nobody said a word. And we just there in this room breathing and I had my eyes closed but my partner just yelled out oh my god and everybody opened their eyes and above Peter's head there was a bowl of light now I didn't when I opened the eyes I saw the movement I didn't quite see that but something happened the event happened and then the the energy almost descended it was a physical thing you could see it it wasn't visible to the eye something descended and entered his body so peter was there and now there was a shift and the moment that happened some energy just entered the room entered his body the whole energy in the room started to change it's just like all of a sudden somebody opened the window or the door and uh, just fresh wind clearing, healing, just, you know, travel through every corner and then cleansed every bit of that space. It felt so much lighter and so much better. So shamans came back, but it was already late. Plus, we also had the rest of the group waiting literally on hold because they couldn't you know they came here to do all these healing ceremonies with us but we were kind of stuck with with what was happening with peter but 
that's it. Like you surrender in these moments. So around maybe 11, 10, 30, we find the shamans come back and they continue doing their ceremonies and we depart. We just say goodbye until tomorrow. And we'll see you, you know, sort of till tomorrow, the next day. Oh my God. The next day, it's about maybe nine o'clock in the morning. Now, Peter's room was on the ground floor, okay, because with everything else that was happening, our room was on the sixth floor. There was one elevator, but there were mostly stairs. To get to the sixth floor in the highest of altitude, it's demanding physical work. So guess what? 10 o'clock, there's a knock on our door on the sixth floor. We open the door, and here's Peter. <laughs> There's Peter. He walked the stairs to the sixth floor. He couldn't lift his head off the bed for the last two days. He was almost resuscitated. His skin color was beautiful, healthy, pink. He wasn't striving, you know, trying to, to breathe. It was happening in perfection. He came back and just like, he started to speak to us how grateful he was with everything that we've done for him. And he feels so much better. So we left him on our little balcony facing beautiful Cusco. And he was under the sitting under the sun, enjoying the sun. He came with a little, with a little cane, but for the first time in my life, I witnessed a miracle. Someone who was dying the day before was back to life. And soul was back into his body. I'm an emergency room nurse, okay? I witnessed people leaving their bodies. But I never seen bodies coming back to life in the way that I witnessed that particular day. So it makes me think that sometimes in hospitals, when people are still alive, but they're, you know, very close to passing and their family, they're all with them, they're hugging and they're holding hands. But the moment soul leaves the body, all of a sudden it's over. It's kind of, you see that even the family, there's nothing there. There's no connection. There's no essence. There's no life. So the life, what is life? What that experience has taught me, what that experience has taught me. Okay, Josie, you gotta know what the soul is, okay? Learn about the soul. And that was my quest. So that was so mesmerizing to me. I was so lucky to have our shaman Mariano traveling with us for two weeks on that particular trip. We, uh, he did a lot of ceremonies in many different places around Peru with us traveling. So I had a chance to really ask him as many questions about the soul and how to awaken the soul. Like for him, he knew what the soul was, obviously. And you could also see when the soul was leaving the body and soul was going to listen to him and whatever he did to make the soul to come back. I wanted to know more about it. So here is 
your experience with the soul. Now we can talk about the soul forever, but here's what I really want you to understand. If you can, if you can communicate with your soul, with your own soul, it's a different kind of power that you have. For your soul to create a body is, is just an experience. Your soul has lived many lifetimes, many places. The soul leaving, say, Peter's body at this point in time, because soul has already decided that that body was no longer recovering. Physically, there was no future for that soul. But somehow he convinced the soul that there was a future. And I have to tell you, it was last year, Peter actually called me out of the blue. <laughs> he just called me. He's like, I just want to say to you, I'm still okay. I'm, I'm well. He lives in a, um, with lots of support in his life. But his soul told him to go back. So there were so many you know, missing pieces that I really wanted to put together. Why the soul actually wanted to come back. Why the soul actually gave him an ultimatum that if you want to live, if you want to continue your life journey on this planet, you have to do something outrageously extreme, okay? Such as get yourself to the place where your survival is hanging by a thread. So that place where you will be in the highest of altitudes in Peru, traveling three airplanes throughout South America, you know, being from in another country, being outside of that health protective health system. Now, here you are at the mercy of shamans. The risks and uncertainty, but that was the soul's ultimatum. You go, you do that. We continue. We will continue. So how many of you have also had experiences when you reached a certain point and you knew that you have to master courage and get through your fear? Okay. And on the other side of fear, there is life. Okay. There is, there are possibilities. So when you talk about the soul, soul is what creates that experience of you. And soul gives you meaning. Soul gives meaning to your experiences. Soul does not care about how important you are. Okay. It doesn't care about status. It doesn't care about um, stuff. It doesn't care any of that. It cares about experiences. It cares about fulfillment. It's attached energetically to a lot of other souls as well in the world. And your soul is going to either support you on your journey. If you are following your soul's path, your soul is going to move things out of your way. Okay? You will naturally be protected because you're following your soul's path. So within that, on the soul's path, Nothing can happen to you until you reach your destiny, until what the soul really is guiding you to, to, to go through. And when you follow your soul's path, 
you meet supportive people on the soul level, the manifest, you meet supportive elements, you are also feel good, you are not betraying your highest values, you live from the soul. There's also, it's kind of it's what I called a soul way or no way. Because if you're not in communication with higher, with the soul system, soul can't wait for you to do a detour at some point in time. It's going to tell you, okay, you're not in, in this right relationship. It's not going to work. And if you are just stuck with safety, like imagine Peter said, I don't want to travel that far. It's too far. It's impossible for me. God knows what would have happened today. But because you have chosen the soul's, the soul's path, and soul's path, a lot of the times, it's not a logical path. It's not something that your mind is telling you is the right thing to do. More or less, if you're not expressing your soul, you will begin to experience obstacles, difficulties, depression, anxiety, all of these stuff. All of these symptoms will just point you in the way that you have to talk to your soul. You are not going the right way. You are not on the right path because everything you experience, it, everything you experience, they're either guiding you towards your destiny, towards your soul's path, or you. this is a detour. And so once you get to the point where the body is disintegrating, you have lost your way. So that is very hard sometimes for you even to listen to your soul. So your true power is the power of your spirit, okay? It's the power of your soul. It's not a straightforward, straightforward path. You have to do the soul searching. You have to understand that you have a soul. Now, your soul is a field of infinite possibilities. Sometimes the infinite possibility is to bring your life back. And soul, only soul has can extend your life. Soul can turn off the lights and say, this life is over, okay? And the soul can prolong your life. But the soul's nature is not selfish. The soul's nature is never concerned with what can I get? It's here to experience life in communication, in connection with other people, with other souls, exchanging information. And you can exchange positive information with people, and that's what the soul wants. It wants to exchange positive information. If you're exchanging negative information, it's not going to serve the soul. Why? Because the soul's growth is possible with the presence of positive information that is conducive to growth, that is conducive to happiness, that is conducive to transformation, expansion, and elevation, elevated state, with which are built on positive information and the, there's the other spectrum, the negative information, the destructive information. If there's a lot of destructive, negative information coming in, whether from people, from media, from whatever, you are literally moving away from your soul. The moments when you feel connected, there is a sense of peace. There is a sense of guidance, faith, compassion, love that is genuine 
okay, that it's not ego driven. And if you have experienced that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now that is your soul. The soul's path is the path of openness and love, compassion, and and service. It's a universal kind of connection. Soul exchanges information, right? Soul is communicating with other souls. In essence, the soul wants to be elevated. So communicating positive information is the way your soul is going to grow. So if you understand it, if you only understand what your soul truly wants, the meaning, you begin to bring into your life positive things, positive experiences, right? People who genuinely want to help you. In Peter's case, in his experience, the shaman was that agent of soul awakening, right? Providing, clearing some negative information that was killing him, that was destroying him, that was taking him um, in a place of being disconnected from the soul. It's almost like the soul gave that last chance. So somebody who could erase that negative information ended up being a shaman in Peru. So here is something to think about. Soulful experiences, soul knows. Soul knows. This is not a mental kind of thing. This is a soulful kind of knowing. And when you, when you talk about soulmates, a lot of the times people ask me, my soulmate, you know, I want to find my soulmate. Um, a soulmate, do these people really exist? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, soulmates, that's another soul with whom there is some kind of exchange of energy. There's some kind of exchange of possibilities that happen between souls, two souls, many souls, whole humanity again is a soul because soul to soul, there's a different communication system. So if there is soul that is connected to negative information, and if you are exchanging the negative information, you are not going to feel good. It's going to feel to you like, well, I feel, I don't feel good, hopeless, sick, and all these, again, all these energies begin to descend and manifest in the body. Soul can heal you. And remember, soul can extend your life and it can protect you. Is it even comprehensible that maybe we should know more about our souls than anything else? Okay. Another thing, because we have, you know, soul is that field of information that holds your body, everything together. You can communicate with your soul. You can. You can. I mean, if Mariana, the shaman, could actually call upon that soul and bring it back to that body. So there is a communication system that happens with your soul, awakening your soul. And they've been just saying, you know, just like, thank you. Giving things to your soul. What you do, you fill that information, the field of information with good quality, with gratitude, with positive information. Soul is going to respond and is going to connect you to more positive souls as well. 
you're not creating obstacles. You're not force, forcing negative information into your own field. Now, the soul, you have a heart. That's a very important center. The soul, heart and soul are very connected. The heart, in essence, receives the information that comes from the soul. And your mind interprets, like there's an interpretation system, reading the signals, reading the information, putting it all together. So you can communicate with the soul in the technique that I have been shown that is awakening your soul power. You can actually, there's a point in your body where you can call upon the soul, at least in moments when you need urgent guidance, when you need some very clear advice, or you need the soul to do something, to do a supernatural act. Just a short meditation, tapping on this area. It's called the angelic heart space. It's a space between the base of the neck and the heart. And that's the place, the location of the thymus gland, which is superiorly, superiorly important and significant. So that point, the angelic heart space, if you tap in it, okay, your thymus gland, and you say, you know, my soul, open the soul channel. You open the soul channel. You open the soul channel. Open the soul channel. Open the soul channel. Just tap. Tap, tap on this area. And then think about your soul. And that's what happens is that soul response, you begin to feel kind of awakening. That's happening. You may feel like the body organs just begin to shift in some way. Or you may feel all of a sudden peace. If you were anxious or you were overwhelmed, that alone is going to give you a sense of peace. So here we go, opening the soul channel, opening the soul channel, opening the soul channel, opening the soul channel, opening the soul channel. And when you're in the state of relaxation, you can ask your soul any question. You can go as high as, you know, what's the meaning of my life? Why am I here? What's the purpose? What is going on with my soul? So these are all practices. The most important practice is your awareness of your soul. Your awareness of your soul. Your mind follows, your heart follows, but the soul is the primary energy. Okay, body is here, one day gone. For your soul is, there's a different trajectory through which it travels. All right, so I hope this was of service to you. And I hope you begin to think about your soul, communicate with your soul, and become more soulful in the way you show up in the world. And I promise you, you're going to have the most extraordinary, beautiful life. All right, lots of love, you guys. Tune in for future videos about the soul, about your true power, and I'll see you in the next video.